This is Ringler Radio, where you get all the latest news and information about structured settlements from Ringler Associates, the first name in structured settlements, helping injured people and their families since 1975. Ringler Radio is made possible in part by Allstate, American General, The Hartford, John Hancock, Liberty Mutual, MetLife, Mutual of Omaha, New York Life, Pacific Life, and Prudential. Now join Ringler Radio host Larry Cohen. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to Ringler Radio. I'm Larry Cohen, the head of Ringler Associates Northeast Operations, and we're certainly glad you could join us again today. Well, I don't have to tell anyone who's bought gasoline lately that we have a real need here in America to develop a domestic supply of petroleum products to help the economy and to help us all move forward. And there's an energy production boom actually going on right now from coast to coast. Thanks to technology that allows huge amounts of oil and natural gas to be extracted from shale rock. And much of this oil and gas lies under land owned by private citizens who are experiencing a boom in their bank accounts after signing leases with uh, many of the energy production companies that are out there looking to uh, engage in this, uh, this enterprise. These lump sum lease signing bonuses are tempting for the homeowner to accept But really, the best option is to turn this windfall into more of a financial plan that provides security and has some major tax benefits. And joining me today to expand on this uh, financial freedom plan is my Ringler colleague from Dublin, Ohio, Brad Mathers. Uh, Brad has more than 30 years of combined executive claims management and structured settlement consulting experience. And of course, he's also been heavily involved in the commercial insurance and self-insured environments. Well, Brad, welcome to Ringler Radio. Larry, it's great to be back with you again. Well, great to have you on, and this is a quite an interesting uh, topic. I, I briefly explained what's happening with the shale, oil, and gas, but why don't you expand on exactly what's going on right now in so many of these uh, states? Well, the the ground zero right now is really the uh, um, the epicenter of Ohio, Pennsylvania, West Virginia. This is where the the major players, the BPs, the Shells, the Chesapeake's are all looking to acquire access to property for the rights to drill these uh, mile-deep wells to go after uh, both natural gas as well as oil um, in the what's known as the Utica and the Marcellus Shale. So this is where things are happening right now. A lot of these companies are moving rigs from Oklahoma and Texas into the Midwest now to start going after these products, um, spending literally millions of dollars and making a lot of uh, landowners, uh, especially farmers in these rural areas, uh, the recipients of some windfall uh, bonuses. So the topography of uh, these these Pennsylvania, Ohio, Michigan, these areas, uh, obviously with the shale that's uh, underground, is that somewhat unique to this area, or is this just the starting point of, of other areas that are around the country? That There are around? other areas. Oklahoma, South Dakota have been uh, very popular areas for drilling, but it's not um, equally dispersed across the country. There are mm-hmm. pockets. And what we know from the exploration um research has been done by the major petroleum companies, the the Midwest, uh, especially the northeast corner of Ohio, down the eastern seaboard of Ohio, and then uh, into Pennsylvania, uh, are very, very rich in these deposits of both uh, natural gas and oil. And just for our listeners uh, to better understand this, we keep hearing the phrase fracking out there. This is a, a term of art that's being used right now to talk about uh, some new and 
fairly unique methods of getting, extracting rather, uh, petroleum from the ground. Is this what we're talking about, fracking, when we talk about this uh, shale? Uh, That's exactly what we're talking about. These are extremely deep wells. They go down a mile well below the water tables, uh, and then they inject um, predominantly water and some other chemicals to release the oil and gas from the uh, deposit layers down there and bring it back up um, in a very, as I understand, very efficient way. Although I'm not a petroleum engineer, so I can't speak to the specifics, uh, but that's what's going on in, uh, in Ohio right now. Well, I can assure you, neither am I. So uh, that's, that's two of us. Well, let me ask you this, Brad. Uh, when these petroleum companies find this uh, uh, areas that they might want to buy up from these landowners to, to do this drilling, what exactly do they do with the with the landowner? How are they approaching the landowner, and what what are the optional ways that the landowner has to receive some type of compensation for allowing this drilling to take place? Sure, um, the landowners typically do one of two things: they either do direct negotiations with the energy company, or they become part of a landowner association or some other type of formal group that does a blanket lease negotiation with the energy company. Uh, energy companies would prefer to, to negotiate with that type of an organization so that um, they don't have to deal individually with each landowner because they're looking to lease uh, access to thousands of acres. Mm-hmm. So when a landowner association can come to an energy company and say, we have members that represent about 10,000 contiguous acres of property that you're interested in, let's do a lease negotiation. They have a much stronger negotiating point than they do the individual landowner who wants to lease 50 or 100 acres to an energy company. So when an energy company, let's say, enters into this agreement with the, either the association or an individual, do they pay them a royalty, or how does that work? Sure, they pay them two different ways. The first way is if they drill the oil in many or drill for oil and gas, uh, then they pay a royalty based on the productivity of the well, and that's um, usually in the range of 15 to 22 percent. We've seen uh, for whatever the fair market value is of the, the oil that's extracted from the property and paid to them periodically to the landowner. The other way they get paid is by a bonus, and that's paid up front once they uh, acquire access to the property. Because in many situations, the oil company is not quite ready to actually start dropping um, oil rigs on the property and, di- and doing the drilling. So what they want to do is just guarantee they have access when they're ready to do it. In order to uh, promote the landowner to want to do that, they pay them a bonus up front because they may not get royalties for two or three years until the oil is actually productive. So that's so the bonus. That- that's an interesting point. In other words, the royalty, where the where the potentially the real money is, is obviously if they're successful in finding the oil and having it really be produced on a on a fairly extensive basis. Correct. But, and there's a life expectancy for the whale too. Typically, the the whale produces extremely high uh, volumes of oil and gas for about the first five to seven years. Then productivity starts to drain, and then eventually the the well the whale pretty much goes dry. So it's no longer producing the royalty. One of the problems we've faced with some of these landowners is they tend to get um, into a lifestyle consistent with the income from their uh, royalty payments, much like the lottery winner who develops a lifestyle consistent with that big bolus of cash. And then when the royalties stop, yeah. the lifestyle continues, but there's no money to fund it. Now, you mentioned this bonus that's paid up front uh, to actually lock in the, the homeowner, the landowner, to this particular uh petroleum company. First of all, is is there some kind of a bidding process? Are, are several companies trying to go after the same land and therefore the bonus, uh, there's, there's some kind of an auction scenario? No, it's not an auction so much as it's subject to um, whatever the fair market value for bonuses in the area is. Mm-hmm. Uh, typically, it's just one energy company going after a particular plot of ground, uh, but knows that in the next county, 
um, ABC energy company is willing to pay X thousands of dollars per acre. So they keep it pretty comparable. Uh, it depends on what they believe the, the potential benefit from the well is going to be. And we've seen those uh, payments anywhere from 2500 to $5,500 per acre. So the landowner leasing, let's say, 100 to 200 acres of property is looking at receiving a huge income, uh, and, you know, high six-figure, if not seven-figure cash payment. So there could be a million-dollar bonus paid uh, to an individual landowner just to sign on with a particular petroleum company. Absolutely. Okay. Well, now let's get to uh, a little bit more specific uh, information about where structured settlements or annuities enter into this picture. Obviously, if the uh, landowner signs on and gets a bonus, a one-time bonus, that has certain advantages and disadvantages, and there may there must be a different way for them to accept these funds uh, for us to talk about. Why don't you get into uh, what the what the options are? Well, the options are really at this point um, two. One is to receive the money in cash, and then the just like any individual who receives a large amount of cash, they have options to uh, invest it in a variety of ways. Problem being, as soon as they have actual, if not constructive, receipt of the money, they now owe state, federal, and perhaps even uh, local income tax on it. Mm-hmm. The other way is to have a deferred income plan established by the energy company, whereby the payments come to the landowner on a plan, just like a structured settlement, um, over a period of time, and then the landowner has the benefit of only having to pay income tax and the amount of money received in the year that they receive it. So the, so the uh, petroleum company would uh, take the funds... And purchase from a life insurance company an annuity to have these funds flow out to the individual? Well, they would do it through an assignment. Uh-huh. Um, the uh, energy company works with an assignment company that accepts the responsibility to make the payments. Then, in turn, the uh, assignment company purchases the annuity on behalf of the landowner for the exclusive benefit of the landowner. Interesting. And so- it's much similar to uh, the way we've been doing what you and I both know as the non-qualified Structured settlement, those cases that don't involve bodily injury, where there is some tax um, exposure for the the individual for receiving the funds, uh, very similar to plaintiff attorneys who structure their fees right. or to um, real estate transactions, marital property dissolution, child support, business sales, uh, even celebrity endorsements are now uh, using the deferred annuity plan. Right. This is nothing new in terms of uh, a lot of, as you mentioned, a lot of uh A lot of people are involved in receiving these kinds of funds. I guess this is just a new application for it because of the the rather unique uh, element of drilling for for oil on somebody's property. Exactly. What are some of the tax benefits for a landowner to choose the structured settlement approach? Okay. The the major tax advantages are the uh, the ability to defer the income tax exposure. Uh, As I mentioned before, the um, taking a huge amount of cash probably puts the landowner in the highest marginal tax bracket. So between state and federal and perhaps municipal, they're looking at probably 40% plus of whatever that bonus uh, coming in going right back out in taxes in the first year. Mm-hmm. So the opportunity is to defer the payments over a period of time, which does two things. One, it probably results in keeping the um, landowner, depending on what their other sources of income are, in a lower tax bracket and defers the total payment of taxes. So they're probably paying a total of less money in taxes over time than they would if they had to pay it on the tax uh, uh, on the, the entire amount of money up front in the first year they receive it. Mm-hmm. Well, and I assume uh, it's got the same advantages, uh, other than taxes, it's got the same advantages as most other annuity plans in that it, it has makes the landowner less likely to dissipate this windfall bonus uh, you know, as soon as they might, if they took it as cash. Absolutely. 
Well, let's, you know, I can understand our, our audience out there. Some of them are going to be saying, you know, is this a safe uh, way to do it? Is this a good investment for them? Talk a little bit about uh, what you tell uh, individuals out there that ask questions like that. Oh, certainly. Um, there's a variety of uh, benefits we know about in using a structure. And the three biggest ones for the, the individual are the sizable tax advantage we already spoken about, mm-hmm. but the security of the risk and the flexibility of design. Uh, we know that we have to keep in mind that the annuity does not need to be managed, so the landowner pays no annual management fees or periodic transaction costs. Uh, next, all the payments are guaranteed. Uh, they are not subject to the volatility of the market or current bank interest rates, so as the market goes up and down, the landowner does not have to uh, try to time the market when he wants to take a cash dispersal. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So what are you finding out there in opposition to what you're trying to do in this, this concept? What, what, what is the, uh, the nature of what you've been facing as you go about trying to uh, inform people of, of this new, uh, new idea? Great question. There's a couple of pushbacks we're seeing. Uh, one is from some of the energy companies, and that's due in large part to the fact that it's new to them. The concept, as we've just discussed, is uh, something that's been in existence for decades now. Mm-hmm. We've been doing these types of structures for a long time, but this is a very new application. So it's the first time the legal departments and the accounting departments and energy companies are looking at this type of a transaction, saying, is this something that makes sense for us and is it right for us to do? Um, the other pushback um, is something that structure brokers have seen for the longest time, and that tends to come from the financial planners, the folks who are suggesting to the landowner or to the, the claimant uh, in the typical bodily injury case, don't do a structured settlement because, you know, I can get you a higher return or I want you to, um, you know, put your money with us and, and we'll invest it in a variety of ways for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, primary pushback is because they can't offer the product. So they, a lot of them tend to um, uh, speak negatively about it um, and tend to feel the need to compete with us. We've seen, you know, financial planners wanting to compete with brokers for the longest time. And ironically, we've never wanted to engage in that battle. We've never said as brokers we want to fight with or compete with financial planners. We actually want to cooperate with them because uh, we don't suggest that uh, a claimant put all of his money into a structure, mm-hmm. just like we wouldn't suggest that anybody investing put all their money into a single stock. We want to work with the financial planner and devise a uh, comprehensive plan for the landowner that makes most sense for them and is a diversified portfolio. Well, that's good advice. And, you know, uh, from time to time, when a financial planner does uh, you know, promise or, or at, least, uh, at least appears to promise a better return, I always tell the, uh, the individual claimant or the individual in your instance, the landowner, see if they'll put in writing that they'll guarantee that their, uh, their rate of return on their investment plan will never fall below the annuity rate that you're proposing. And mm-hmm. very, very few will sign something like that. Indeed. In fact, they typically have their clients sign a document that says they make no representation about the, the potential um, return on any investment, and they actually may lose principal. Exactly. So, um, I don't know about you, uh, Brad, but when I look at the, uh, the uh, information I get from my uh, financial planning broker each month, it has a lot of parentheses on it. <laughs> Indeed, it does. Like I'm reminded of a financial advisor of my own who once told me that uh, his clients are more interested in the return of their money than the return on their money. So, uh, so well so. said. So well said. Well, let's take a quick break right now, and uh, we'll be back in just a minute with Brad Mathers and talk more about this very interesting uh, subject matter of fracking and looking for oil among the shale of uh, the Midwest. Very interesting. We'll be right back. We invite you to listen to our other shows on the Legal Talk Network. It's free. 
at www.legaltalknetwork.com. When it's your interest at stake in a lawsuit settlement, you want only the best financial plan. You can count on Ringler Associates to structure a customized plan that meets the needs of you and your family for the future. Visit ringlerassociates.com to learn more. You can listen to all the Ringler Radio shows. Just go to ringlerassociates.com or legaltalknetwork.com and click on Ringler Radio and choose from almost 200 topics. Someone's at the door. Don't answer it. Why not? I'm listening to Legal Talk Network podcasts to get my CLE credit in West Legal Ed Center. Oh, I need to do that too. Where do I find them? It's easy. Just go to LegalTalkNetwork.com and pick a program for CLE, click on it, and start listening. Or go to WestLegalEdCenter.com and choose from any of the Legal Talk Network programs available for CLE. Perfect. I'll do that right now. Think you might like to have us create your own podcast on LegalTalkNetwork.com? Go to the website and send us an email. Or just give us a call at 781-551-9960. It's the best move you'll make in legal marketing. You never have enough friends or followers, right? Check out Legal Talk Network on Facebook and Twitter, LinkedIn too. Well, welcome back to Ringler Radio. Glad you could join us. I'm uh, your host, Larry Cohen, and my special guest today is our Ringler colleague from Dublin, Ohio, Brad Mathers. And Brad is one of the uh, subject matter experts in the whole area of uh, how to compensate landowners who may lease their lands to major petroleum companies to do some uh, exploration of uh, the shale that's under their property to uh, produce, hopefully, large amounts of oil. Uh, Brad, let's let's assume that uh, the landowner receives a bonus, or let, and let's assume that the, the landowner structures that bonus, as you've described, uh, and then that individual passes away. Can the family inherit the income? How how is the uh, what what's the aftermath of of the death of the individual who signed into the deal? Certainly, uh, just like any other type of non qualified or qualified um, structure, for that standpoint, the um, annuitant declares who their beneficiary needs to be, and if the uh, individual passes away before the guaranteed payments are paid out, then that money flows to the beneficiary, just like a very similar in, in fashion to a life insurance policy. And the uh, landowner can designate a spouse, children, um, a religious charity, um, secular charity, any uh, beneficiary they want to. So the money can flow directly to them. Certainly. And you talked a little bit earlier about certain landowners grouping together in an association uh, of landowners and, the, and perhaps the, the bonus being paid to this association or this conglomerate of, of landowners. How would uh, such a situation work when we're talking about putting together a, a, this non-qualified annuity concept? Well, the non-qualified annuity we would do on an individual basis, just like the, the blanket leases negotiated for all the members, but they're actually individual leases for each landowner, so they get their own individual bonus paid to them. It's not just simply paid directly to the association who has the responsibility to disperse the funds. The association is more the coordinator for the transaction on behalf of the individuals, but they're still individual transactions. And that would be the way we would do it with uh, the annuity. We'd meet with each individual landowner, determine, A, if this is something I want to do at all, and then, B, if they do, then we devise a, a specific plan to their unique financial priorities and goals. 
and then make that all a part of the lease transaction. Right. And that's no different than, for example, if you were doing an attorney fee structure with a partnership and there were three partners and one of them wanted to structure and the other two wanted cash, you could certainly do the annuity for the individual that wanted it that way and create the plan for that individual and the other two may not. So in, in the association that you're talking about with several landowners, some might wish to do it, some may not, but you can certainly deal with each individual one the way they want. That's exactly it. So Brad, we've talked about how the landowner can uh, really enjoy some of the benefits of this tax deferral you're talking about and uh, this ability maybe not to dissipate the monies quite so quickly. So that's a tremendous advantage for them. What about the uh, the actual energy company? Is there an advantage for the energy company so that we can have a win-win here? Well, that's an excellent question. And I think there's no doubt that the majority of the benefits in this transaction really flow to the landowner. However, as you mentioned, it really is a win-win situation. Uh, first of all, it is no more complex a transaction for the energy company than the cash bonus. It involves a little more than just writing the bonus check to the assignment company instead of the landowner. Mm-hmm. Next, the energy company takes no risk as it irrevocably assigns its obligation to make all the future payments. Most important, it gives the, the much maligned energy industry another opportunity to demonstrate good corporate citizenship. By agreeing to do bonuses with assigned annuities, the energy company helps their landowner business partners achieve an increased level of financial security. Mm-hmm. It puts them in a place where there's a stream of guaranteed future income, a custom design to their goals and needs. And lastly, and most importantly, I think to the energy company is, it costs them nothing more. They pay no fees or uh, transaction costs for putting this in place for them. So it really is a win-win. Well, as my grandfather once said, Brad, sounds like a no-brainer to me. I concur. (laughs) Well, listen, I hope this uh, helps you and many, many uh, landowners out there prosper in the future. Yeah, and if I could maybe just kind of recap the the five uh, easy steps to make this transaction happen. Yeah, please do. The first one is the landowner requested instead of a lease cash bonus that the bonus be paid all or in part according to um, a specified payment schedule. And I emphasize all or in part because just like you were just mentioning, uh, we don't suggest to a landowner that you put your entire bonus into a structured format. Mm-hmm. You may need cash for immediate needs. So you can do one of two things, either do it all in cash or, or a portion of it. Uh, and then you request the energy company to do that. They uh, reach an then once that agreement is in place, uh, the landowner works with the annuity broker to develop the payment schedule they want, customized to their needs, and that becomes something that the energy company agrees to. Then the next phase is the energy company executes a document irrevocably assigning its obligation to make the future payments to an assignment company. So the energy company obviously doesn't want to make payments, let's say, over the next 30 years to the landowner. Uh, they want to accommodate that transaction but not be obligated to make the payments. Mm-hmm. So they go through the assignment company. The assignment company, in turn, immediately purchases the annuity from the life insurance company for the benefit of the uh, landowner, and then the annuity becomes the source of the agreed-to funds for the exclusive benefit of the landowner. It's a pretty painless process, and, uh, of course, really uh, in, order to, in order to really accomplish it, uh, what typically happens is people that you're talking about typically contact brokers like yourself to, uh, to make that transaction uh, really painless for them. Tell, tell, tell us, uh, Tell our audience how... Uh, anyone could reach you if they wanted to talk to you more about this subject? Oh, certainly. It's um, easy to get a hold of me by a variety of ways. Um, One way is to go to our Bringler website and just uh, click on the link that goes to the individual brokers and pull up my name. That'll get you directly in touch with me. Or you can reach me by email at bmathers at ringlerassociates.com or our toll-free number is one 800 Seven four three zero four seven four. That's terrific. And uh, if anyone wants to reach any Ringler associate, and there are a lot of them out there, uh, you can do that also on ringlerassociates.com. 
You can also listen to these programs, Ringler Radio shows, this one particularly with Brad, or any of them by going to ringlerassociates.com or legaltalknetwork.com. And uh, you can actually listen to them, download them on your iPad, on your iPod. You can listen uh, on those little earphones while you walk around trying to see where there's any shale under your land. <laughs> so you can maybe maybe make some money on this deal. Well, Brad, thank you very much. Uh, it's been a terrific uh, terrific show. I think some folks have learned a lot, and I, uh, I hope you're successful in this enterprise. Thank you very much. It's been fun working with you again, Larry. Well, thank you, Brad. And listen, for all the rest of you out there, go check to see if there's any shale under your land. And after that, go have a great day. Bye-bye now. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. Thanks for listening to Ringler Radio. Celebrating its seventh year on Legal Talk Network with over a million listeners. Ringler Associates, the first name in structured settlements. Visit ringlerassociates.com today.